Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Feet for Service Dentist Podcast. Dr. Sonny Spirit, today's guest is a, is a great guest, a young dentist, completely fee-for-service in Pocatello, Idaho. That's right, Pocatello, Idaho. He graduated 2018. He went to work in his dad's practice as an associate, bought his dad's practice in June of 2022. And then in January 2023, he was 100% fee-for-service cash practice. You'll hear some of his background, where he came from, how that all developed, and his look on it, his outlook on things, and how he perceives his practice. Really, it's a good interview. Hope you all enjoy it. As normal, the Fee-for-Service Dentist podcast is brought to you from Kettenbach. Now, Kettenbach has a new couple new products, and it's brand new. It's called Vesalis Phil and Vesalis Flow. They are light-cured nano-hybrid composites. They're highly filled at over 80% with both their fill and flow version of the technology. Experience high polishability that you desire in an aesthetic restorative that also provides high durability and strength. It makes this an ideal composite for all your anterior and posterior restorative needs. Also has the Flex Shade System, A1 through A4. It also has a bleach and opaque shade. So check it out. And then remember, with Kettenbach, your costs are lower because it's available to you direct with no middleman. To learn more or order, simply contact your local Kettenbach rep. And I mean, they have a local rep in your area. 877-532-2123. Or if you want to go online, kettenbach-dental.us. Enjoy, listen, any feedback, please send it my way, sunnyspira at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. Welcome to the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast, Dr. Sonny Spira. Today we have a great guest, a new friend of Dr. Nicole Vane that met at a uh, recent CE course or CE weekend or something. And she said, oh, there's this dentist and I know you got to talk to him, Dr. Trevor. Now, let me make sure I pronounce the last name correctly, right? Is it Baby? Baby. Baby. Okay, thank you. Yep. Thank you. I, I, I'm glad I mess up in front of you. You can correct me. Now I'll be good. So... Trevor is a fee-for-service dentist pod, uh, a, a practitioner, and he just started the fee-for-service journey in January. Let me give you a little bit of his background. Okay. Okay. And here we go. He graduated from dental school in 2018 from Pocatello, Idaho. Did I say that right? Pocatello? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's married, got four young children. He is recording this in his car because that's where he could find the most peace and quiet. So I hope we all respect the fact that he's he's taking this serious. And uh, he purchased his dad's practice in June of 2022 and went full fee-for-service January 2023. So 
not being a bright guy, that sounds like six months of transition to doing exactly what he wanted to do. So lots to talk about, but first let's just welcome Trevor. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today, man? Great. Thank thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really, I'm excited because I mean, it's, it's, it's what's really fun and I'm hope you don't mind that you're so new to this, you know, that your experience is going to be brand new. And every time I meet somebody new, it's a full new experience for me. And I end up learning probably more from you than I know you won't learn much from me, but I'll learn more from you than, than anybody. So give me a little bit of your background. Where did you, where were you born? Where did you grow up? So I grew up right here in Pocatello, Idaho. Um, had a big family, seven kids and, um, my dad was a, was a dentist and, um, I ended up, no, basketball was my first dream. It was my first love. And I was hoping, I was hoping to go to the NBA and, you know, there's not, there's not many 155 pound six footers in the NBA. So, um, I went and played a little college basketball and, me and my wife moved to Portland. That's where we played at. And uh, we ended up having our first baby out there. And I was in an accounting degree and I didn't have much love for it. And we went back home to visit. And my dad said, let me take you out to lunch. And he said, what do you think about being a dentist? And I thought, well. The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. Seems a lot of work, and I, I didn't have a lot of confidence in my in my intellectual game. And he said, "You can do it," and and uh, I did. I went I went for it, went all in, and switched my major and went into microbiology and and here we are so you were married in college as an undergrad yeah i i got i got married super early so uh i got married when i was 19. okay and uh we went didn't go didn't go play basketball until i was about 21. And then uh, we had our first kid when we were 24. Okay. And that was that was part of the part of the you know got to do something good. Need to need to be able to take care of this kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rest is history. So where was this in this timeline with what you just shared with me? Where was the conversation with your dad? Pre baby. So this was. Yeah, so I I played I played at a little community college. It was two years, so I I played two years. <clears throat> my wife got pregnant after my second year, and then she was in the physical therapy assisting program. Okay, and so she wanted to finish that, and so we hung out another year in Portland, and I stayed home with the baby and brought the baby to her to nurse, and you know just did whatever we could to make it work, and then we we got back and it was, it was probably that spring. So spring of 2010 that my dad said, Hey, let's, what do you think about this? And, and he, you know, he's just looking for a way out. (laughs) Well, 2010, you're a, were you then, so you did Juco, you did the Juco route. Yep. And so then you had a gap year before you went for the two, the two years. So you talked to him before you started well, your junior year in college. Is that right? I talked to him. Um, I talked to him before I was coming home. So yeah, I was I was about a junior in college. But so did, it, did you have a chance to catch up on all the prerequisites? No, I had to reset, man. I reset because I was I was doing uh, I was doing accounting, so there wasn't a whole lot that I could bring to the table. Uh-huh. You know, as far as prereqs for dental and things like that. So I just completely reset and basically started over. And I went to school full time, full force, never took a break. 
uh, no summers off and, and took me, took me three years to do a bachelor's degree in microbiology and then, um, went to dental school right after that. Three years and you have a baby at this point, right? Uh, let's see. I probably had, had, I had two by then. Two by then. So people that are complaining about their workloads and, you know, let's, let's just, just try to put yourself in, in, in Trevor's shoes here. Right. So now your wife's, is she also, is she also working as a physical therapy assistant part-time and and you got to manage all that. She's working at that point. She's working like around 30 hours a week. Wow. And we had the, you know, we both agreed that when we started having kids that we were going to raise them. Right. I understand. But we didn't have, we weren't daycaring or anything like that. We were just shuffling our schedules and making it work. And so we had a lot of family help and things like that. But I was, I was going to ask you, do you have family in Portland? We were in Pocatello at this point, but oh, yeah. Pocatello. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah, we, we did. We, we had a lot of, we had a but so now you know, we, we made a lot of sacrifices you're one of seven where are you at in the order the doc sites provides affordable and effective websites for dentists with no long-term contracts transparent pricing and great customer service starting at only 59 dollars a month they also provide optional online marketing packages to help increase your online visibility For special offers, including up to 25% off your website setup, text FEE4SERVICE to 818-489-9823. 818-489-9823. This is a limited time offer, so text now and lock in your savings and visit Doc Sites for more information. Youngest. Youngest. Did any other yep. siblings? I'm go well, I'm actually I'm actually the second to youngest. We had a we had a tragedy when I was ten years old. We my mom and my mom, me and my brother, my youngest brother got in a car accident, and my mom and my youngest brother were killed in the accident. So, oh my god, I I fall at the youngest by default. But wow, that's something. So you got to deal with that, and and your mother, you lost your mother as well. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. I, can't, I can't even imagine that. So now there's your dad and he's got six kids at that point or is it? Yep. Six kids. So he has six yep. kids and he has to. Okay. Now, did any siblings also follow the track? My, my brother's wife is a pediatric dentist and that's it as far as okay. siblings go. Okay. And are they settled in the area too, or are they? Yeah, we, me and my sister-in-law actually uh, have an office together that we split right down the middle. So she does pedo on one side, I do the adults on the other side. That's cool. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I guess given the nature of what you just described, it really does help to have the other family around because you got to lean on each other a lot. And now you got to have family. Yeah. And and you have, okay. So, so you're in college, you got the three years you get done. You're in, you're in Idaho. Were you playing ball at Pocatello? No, no, I, I, I played, uh, I played in Portland and then I, you know, I, I actually got offered to go coach the, uh, the Juco team. And I just said, I can't, I can't, I couldn't do it. There's just too much, too much on my plate. Sure. And so I didn't do it. But uh, now, now all I do is, I mean, I love, I still love the sport. I coach my kids and right. we're around it a lot. So yeah. there's, there's other ways to scratch that itch. I've, I've found that. Yeah. Same. <laughs> so, so, um, so get, ballpark, how old are you at this point when you graduate undergrad? Let's see. I was 20, 27. 27. So you've lived, yep. you've lived a lot of life by the time you're 27. That's for sure. With your experience. Yes. Yep. And then when you graduated, you had, did you have a third child at that point? Or you just had the two? 
we ended up we ended up having one um second year in dental school okay so you you go to dental school now where where did you go to dental school university of louisville university of louisville okay well that's not pocatello idaho okay and no. ballpark what kind of debt were you in when you're finishing your undergrad uh, not too bad undergrad. I think I was like twenty thousand. Okay, but now you're going to you're going to Louisville, so you're going to have living expenses for. Well, you had three at the time: you, your wife, and child, and then you had another one. We didn't we didn't have this fourth one until last year. So he he's a caboose. Okay, so, caboose. so you're in dental school. You had your third child your second year in dental school. Yep. Wow. Okay. All right. Yep. So. What's it like now out of Idaho? You're in Louisville, Kentucky, different part of the country, different different culture. How how does that feel? Well, we're 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 set up. I mean, we know we're thousand miles away from our families. We don't have the same support, but you know, we made it a we made it a a point and a goal to make sure that we met we met people that were in similar situations that we were in in school and we became family with them i mean that's that's how you get through school you if you you go through it alone it's going to be very miserable and it's going to be very long um i was super blessed to have some of the best guys i've ever met in my life you know to be with me one step at every step of the way you know my good friend from college, from dental school, his d- daughter just got married. I just returned from her, their wedding. And our other good friend in that group, it was funny because he got married after his second year. I got married after my first year of dental school. Another couple got married right out. And so it was a lot of us got married after the first or second year. Some got married after we graduated. But this little this little group, like you're talking about, our, our group of uh, study mates and you know, compadres and soul, you know, like people who really, you know, dug in pretty good. And we're still very close to this day. That support network support system is huge. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, so you get in there and are you open-minded or are you thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to finish here and go take over my dad's practice. What, what were you thinking when you entered dental school? 100%. I was, I was going to, I already had it all planned out, you know, that was, that was the plan to finish, finish school, get through and move back to Pocatello so we could be both with both of our families. Cause my wife's family's from here as well. And, um, set up shop with the dad. Okay. So you graduate in 2018, you said, correct? Yeah. No residency program. Uh, I, I would I would count uh, mentoring from from Dad, who is a uh, absolutely amazing dentist, okay. uh, as the best best training you can get. Okay, so that you you just so, jumped to you answered my next question. What did you do after you graduated? You went in as an associate for your father. Is that what happened? Correct. Yep. So did did you rack yep. up some, some debts from dental school? Did you? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got, you know, about 450, $450,000. So you graduated in 2018, Yeah. Did you, did you see your dad's practice as something that could support both him and yourself and like two families now? Well, you know, I, I kind of asked him about that before I, maybe like, you know, second, third year, I said, dad, it, can you have me? Do you want me? And, and, you know, before I left, it was, of course, of course we want you, but you know, as things get closer, you start thinking and I just wanted to make sure, but he said, yeah, yeah, I need you here. I want you here. So I, I think that, you know, it was, it was still kind of a practice that was growing, but he, he was already, I mean, I, I don't know why he wasn't fee for service anyways. He was already like 75% cash. Mm-hmm. And um, 
there wasn't there there was probably enough work for us both to do but it it took me a little a little bit to actually become part of that practice um he has a he had a unique practice it it's a it's a holistic practice okay so, so it, it's totally different than probably 99% of the people that are going to hear this podcast. Mm -hmm. So um, I had to go and do a, a ton of, a ton of training. I mean, that first, first two years out of school, I probably did four or 500 hours of CE. It was mm -hmm. pretty much like I was still in school. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we went to Switzerland and did a whole bunch of training under a, a a doctor named Dr. Voles, which is, I mean, he's an incredible, incredible dentist. Um, mm -hmm. He's more of a, more of a physician than a dentist, but he's also um, created his own implant company. He's sold an implant company that he created. Um, and so it, it's, it's been a journey and, you know, it's, it's never ending learning and I, I'm really enjoying it. Okay, so you answered a couple of questions I was going to ask you. So when you when you get out of dental school, you're you're we'll call it uh, I don't know if you want to say classically, but I will say dentally classically trained. Correct. For decay, removal, restorations, right? That yeah. kind of thing. So did you know beforehand what it meant to be a holistic dentist? Like when you were in dental school, did you have a feel for what your dad actually was doing? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I I knew pretty much, you know, it's not like, you know, we we grew up, you know, pretty, pretty natural and how and ate really healthy and, you know, just a just a different outlook on healthcare a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I, for the most part, kind of knew. Okay. So, All right. So, so, so you go in there and you're an associate. Now let's talk on the business side because you said your dad wasn't fully fee for service. What did you learn or what did you want to learn about the business as an associate? He kind of kept me in the dark, you know, um, <laughs> when we, when Probably we first started, yeah. when we first started, he was, he just said, you know, just go get your hand piece rolling and, don't think about anything. Um, and he, he set me up on a salary and he just said, I don't, I don't really care what you produce. And, and like, he put like a, a benchmark down for me. If you, if you produce over this, I'll, I'll give you, you know, X amount. Um, if you don't, I don't really care. And I'll just give you this no matter what. Right. So it, it was great because there was like, zero pressure it was it was like this is what i want you to do this is how i want you to do it and um i don't want you to go fast i want i, I just want your work work to be really really good uh -huh. so it, it was a good way for me to learn so going into it, you though, don't you know coming out of go ahead i was gonna say just coming out of dental school you have like, you know, oh, I've, I've prepped 20 crowns. I've done, you know, a few dentures. I, your experience as a dentist is pretty small. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. And especially, you know, in the, what I was doing, obviously my experience was zero, but it's, you know, being a holistic dentist is not much different than being you know, uh, I'll call you, call, say a regular dentist is there's not much difference. It's material. It's certain things that you use and things like that, but it's, it's really not a whole lot different. So as far as technique, technique's fine, you know, but talking to patients and talking about health and and how how dentistry is affecting that um, took you know took some training and took some getting used to. I got gotcha. you. 
So you said you also started to take a lot of courses. Were you taking courses mostly in learning the holistic um, perspective, or were you taking some courses on, you know, techniques or expanding your skill set? Yeah. yeah, I was. I was doing both. Yeah. So I was taking. I was taking, and I'm still doing. So, but I was taking courses to ex- expand my knowledge in that area because there's a whole there's a whole ton of research out there that um supports what we're doing Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of guys that are way way smarter than me that that i trust so we're you know i'm doing a lot of that but then at the same time i'm taking lots of courses on techniques and doing full mouth rehabs and doing you know tmj and placing implants and you know we're i'm doing a whole lot okay all right so and and i know like the learning curve for sure i remember myself like each year you're like wow i didn't know anything last year and at the end of the next year you're like oh i didn't know that much last year you know it just it's such a steep incline in the very beginning for sure probably in the first five to ten years of your practice now you're dead so excuse me, your salary was set so that in terms of your obligations, you felt like, okay, I'm meeting my obligations, my debt service, what have you. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to ask yep. you that. And so now you can just be yourself and learn the subtleties, the relationships, the communication, that kind of stuff. Does that sound right? Yep. Correct. Yeah, that's absolutely right. How did you guys work out your schedule? First of all, describe the physical office to to me so it just helps us get a picture of what you walked into. Yeah, and I mean, I know that this will surprise you because I know a lot of fee-for-service guys are boom, 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 boom. Um, and we've got a small office. We have, well, at this point, we had one person working up, up front mm-hmm. with one hygienist and two assistants, one for my dad and one for me. And we had three, three ops and one hygiene. Okay. So you have three quote doctor rooms and one hygiene room. Correct. Right. Okay. So when, well, let's talk about when you first started, did your father hire the assistant and train him or did the, your dad say, I hired this assistant. We're going to help, but really Trevor, you're going to have to help train. How did that start? So it took, okay, it was an interesting situation when I first got there. Um, I had some pushback from the front desk, and I didn't feel, well, I know she didn't want there. Okay, so I had... um, you know, I had some pushback from the from the front desk. Um, didn't really want me there, and my dad, I would say, was just a little. He was so busy that he he might have been a little unorganized in like getting ready for me to be there. Oh yeah. And so, so when I showed up, I didn't even have an assistant, mm-hmm. and so I was doing stuff by myself. You know. Mm-hmm. which is a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went, actually went, we went through like two or three assistants mm-hmm. until I actually found, we found the one that works for me and she worked for, worked with me for a couple of years and now she actually works at my front desk. So. Okay. Is your dad still working in under you now as your employee? He's not, he, he did, you know, I bought the practice in June last, last year and he, he had full intention on staying on, but he's actually got some health things going on. That's really kind of pushed him out. I got you. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, he can't. With, with the health thing. Did I would have had him for as long as I could. Did he, uh, 
did he feel that were were some of these things starting during the transition period of the of the purchase? Oh yeah, I I mean some things that he's kind of known about for a little while. Um, it 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 got really interesting because he almost we we're struggling so much. Not not really our relationship. Um, hopefully he never hears this podcast. He probably won't. Um, but you know he had so he's he's actually ma- he was married to the lady at the front desk. Mm-hmm. So people always ask me, is that my mom? And I always say, no, that's my dad's wife. Mm-hmm. But um, he almost didn't sell me the practice. Wow. And things were kind of going really south, not with him, but with her. It was just really making it awkward. Mm-hmm. And I finally got to the point where I just said, dad, I've got to or I've got to leave. And he said, basically, go ahead and go ahead and leave. You know, it might be easier. And then I, I, I kind of cornered him a little bit and I said, dad, you're not going to sell this practice to anybody. Nobody is going to buy your holistic practice. You're going to, you're going to scrap it for parts. Let me buy this thing from you. So we made a, we made a deal and I bought it and. It just seems like it was, man. If I hadn't have bought it, I, I I don't know what he would have done. I I get it, and 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 I understand the other component because you're talking about okay, you got personal and you got professional. You have business, and then you have family, and there's and all there's no lines. It's a lot of cross lines, and I can imagine what happened when you started because now there's another family member in the practice as far as your dad and your dad's attention, et cetera. So had to be difficult. Now your dad's wife, did she stay in the transition? I, I told her that I would give her 90 days to see if, if she could make it work fully knowing that she wouldn't be able to. And so Smart she man. stayed and she stayed all 90 days. And we tried a few things. I have actually having a consultant that helps me in the back, you know, in the background and make sure mm-hmm. things are, things are going well. And we had lots of discussions with her. And I think the biggest thing was just, I don't think she could ever stop working for my dad. And so she couldn't make that flip to work for me. And ultimately we, we parted ways. A lot of people have that trouble, even, even not, you know, related the lot of, lot of when you have a senior doc and then you have a, let's call it a junior doc and the junior doc buys the practice, the practice, especially the employees that have worked for that senior doc for so long, just don't recognize the fact that, okay, so there's a business transaction, meaning the junior doc's now the owner, but I still work for the senior doc. So the junior doc may tell me X, Y, Z, but I'm going to still go run it by the senior doc. And a lot of how the senior doc handles it will help that transition smooth or it will make it more complicated. And and just think about it yourself. If you've been doing what you're doing now for 20, 30 years, you're in a very nice comfort zone. You bring in family, what have you, that changes things. That changes the dynamics. Then yeah, people people just can't they just can't pivot on a dime. They just can't do it. So that was pretty pretty sharp of you. Now you said that you didn't really learn of it. When did you get and where did you get some of your business acumen? Like where where did you get some of this? We talked about the dental school, the dental skills. How about the business skills? When did you start picking up on that? Um, I'm I I would say that I don't have any skills. Honestly, I'm I. I wouldn't say I'm I'm a skilled businessman at all. Just I I would say you got someone that's that's desperate that wants to make something work and knows there's a way. And so um, you put people that know a heck of a lot more than you in positions to make sure things go right for you. And so 
I, I give a lot of credit to my accountant. That's, I mean, he's super smart, super good. And, and he's, he's become a friend. And then my brother-in-law that works in the back, um, he, when I say back, I mean the background, you know, doing all the business crud, mm-hmm. all the paperwork and he, he's got really good ideas and, and his interests are that I succeed. So you have to put people in areas where they're going to help you shine. So I would say that's what I'm good at is making sure I have good people working for me. Well, the 90 day move was very sharp, you know, cause most times you do and you probably have hired people on a 90 day trial basis. And when you took over, you are now buying a, it's now a new, so these are all new employees to you. So they technically do have a 90 day trial basis. So that was pretty sharp move. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I did, you know, watch my dad. So, you know, I watched him, him work and he, he actually is a great business person, a really good business mind. He always talked about how, you know, I wish I could just run the business and not, not do the work because he really enjoyed that part. So I, I did watch and, you know, monkey see monkey do type of thing. Um, but you know, and I, it, and I always run things like that through, through my brother-in-law, um, and the accountant, you know, and I, I make sure I get their support and make sure that my mind's right on that. And mm-hmm. if I get a yes, then then we go for it. So you said your sister-in-law is the pediatric dentist? Correct. So your sister-in-law that you share space with, does she have a completely separate practice business entity? She does. Yep. Okay. So her business she does, practice she's actually, principles. She, go ahead. And she, she's, she's got some training as well in whole, in, in some holistics, but it's, it's not this, you can't do the same thing that, you know, that we're doing. I'm, I'm getting patients from all over the United States. So this isn't, this isn't like I'm getting my patients from where I live. I'm, I'm getting some, but you know, I, for the most part, people are coming from all over. Mm -hmm. So on that side, do you get, or is there any help on your business side from, from either your sister-in-law or your brother? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My, yes, hundred percent. So when, because actually our, our front office is actually kind of connected. Right. So when this, you know, like the reception area is the two yeah. sides are connected mm-hmm. and the lady that runs the business for my sister-in-law up front um I've known her forever since I was a little kid. Uh-huh. And she that's another thing. I mean, just have so many people around me that like won't let me fail. <laughs> so she told me, you know, if you let her go, don't worry about it and don't be scared about what's going to happen at the front. I mm-hmm. will help you. I will make this work. And she, I mean she was working she was working basically for my sister-in-law and me at the exact same time making sure that we could do it. Okay. So, yeah, I, I had tons of help, and I and I used my sister-in-law a lot. I'll I'll call her on the phone, ask her cuz she's fairly new too. I mean, she's she's 10 years, but she's fairly new. Okay. But she's she's experienced a lot because she acquired a practice. She had to fire some people. Like she's she's been around too. So okay, so you buy you buy this practice from your dad, and was your plan immediately to change the business model to fee for service within the six months? When when did that come about? Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd actually we were down at a conference in Arizona. It was in twenty twenty one. And we were talking and we had the team with us. And I said, dad, I think, I think we need to go fee for service. And he said, yeah, I've, I've thought about that. And, and I just think that, you know, he was starting to lose 
explodes brain power a little bit or just the will to do something new. And uh, he he could have easily. I mean, the the like I said, the practice was seventy five percent cash already. And so, I, I said, you know, I brought up the idea of doing it, but when I purchased, I had gotten um, notices from like a lot of the major insurance companies telling me that we need to reestablish our contracts. And I was like, I had done that a few times already. And it was, a pain, it's a pain in the butt, first of all, to do all that. And I thought, you know what? No time's better than now. Let's, let's go for it. Full fee for service. <clears throat> Even when I started, we were, that was the idea, go full for it, full fee for service. But I still had, like, I had like, a couple contracts there where I had a couple months left on them. So we just kind of rode those ones out and then we didn't renew with anybody. Did, how did, now let's talk a couple of specifics of how, how you implemented it. So the thoughts in your head, even before you purchase the practice, I'm going to do this. So you, you had the, the mindset was there. Cause I think that's the first step. Every doc has to go through to drop the drop insurance companies or to go out of network or fee for service. The mindset has to be there. We're doing this and everything else seems to fall into place afterwards. How did you take the first step? Once you said, Hey, we're doing this. Okay. You said, okay, we're not going to renew with these, with these companies. Did you have a communication with patients who were in the networks? How did you handle that? Yeah. Yeah. So we, We'd still, I mean, we were seeing a lot of the old patients and they were starting to know that, you know, I had purchased the practice, but we still hadn't really announced it. And so we, we wrote a, wrote a nice letter that said, you know, that I'd purchased the practice from my dad and told him that we helped him retire. And he's, you know, got lots of plans for the future, you know, something really nice. And then we, you know, in the bottom of the letter just talked about, how um being in in network with insurance companies especially with the type of insurance the type of dentistry that we're doing it really kind of ties our hands on some things that we want to do and we we painted it that you know for for me to be a better practitioner and offer better treatment for my patients we needed to drop all the insurances now we we said that, but also said just because we're out of network doesn't mean that we we won't help you um, receive all all benefits from your insurance. So we we do a um, we will we'll post the insurance for our patients so mm-hmm. they can they can get their benefits. So we do that at no cost. Just they come in, they they pay, they leave. We put their insurance in, and they get a check in the mail. Love it. So you're going all you're going in both lungs day one. Okay. Um, did you calculate? Because you said your dad was about seventy five percent cash patients. Did you calculate that number before you did this, or did it through our? I I could just see it through our dental software. You know, you could see your numbers and see where where the money's coming in, and you know we 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 could see. You know, it was hanging out right there at seventy five percent, and mm-hmm. you know. Did you plan on losing some attrition or not? Yeah. Yeah. I knew we were going to lose. I knew we were going to lose, but we, we were, we were taking, we were taking insurance patients coming in that weren't, they weren't of our model. So, you know, their, their insurances are, you know, telling them to come see us. Um, but, they weren't a holistic patient. So, you know, I, I was still treating them and still how doing much, dental reform. Yeah. How ahead. much were you giving up to the insurance company? What percent were they taking? In other words, how much were they paying on your fee schedule? I have no clue to be honest really? with you. Yeah. I have no clue. So um, you didn't, you didn't we see were, like write off we writing. I know we were writing off a significant amount. You know, I, I could see the adjustments each month and see that, you know, when you're writing twenty, thirty thousand off a month, I mean, it's like, what is this? 
So I found out what I found out was the insurance. That's why, you know, dad, what's this? How do we, how do we not do this? And he said, well, that's insurance. And I, and you know, you see your, see what you're getting from them versus what you're writing off. It's pretty easy to say, okay, how much, how much are we getting from people that are not paying insurance? And he, you know, this is what we're getting. And I said, what if we just dropped all the insurance? What do you think would happen? And he said, you'd probably make more. Well, it's a a a simple math equation. It's a simple math equation, right? If one out of four patients, 25%, one out of four patients come in and you're giving up, who knows? Let's say, let's just take a number. Let's say you're giving up 40% of your fees because the insurance company has you whacked down that far, right? Yeah. Okay. And you replace only two of those four patients, you know, not or like, uh, you know, half of those, right? At, at a full amount, still making out better. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know the exact numbers. You could, we could write it down and go through the equation. Yeah. It, and, and another thing that was, uh, it was like an easy, like, get out of this immediately was, you know, I got that. I think it's mainly Delta that does it to the new docs or if you're, you know, less than 10 years or whatever. Yeah. You know, they wanted to revise my fee schedule yeah. a lot. Like, yeah, they won't they let were, you be. Yeah. They won't let you, they won't even let you be premier. I, I don't know how, I don't know how, how uh, that that's even allowed. Like how, how is that allowed? You're doing the same filling I'm doing. Right. I mean, let's just take a service, right? You're providing an MO. I'm providing an MO. Okay. Well, what's the difference whether you graduated 20 years earlier or 20 years later? What's the difference, you know? Yeah, I I mean, honestly, like, how many times have you seen a new patient come in and you know a doc that did a a crown or a filling that's been practicing for longer than you and it was bad, right? Like, bad work. It's, It's not about, it's not about the timing have you know yeah obviously your your skills are going to be come better with the more um the more you do but that doesn't necessarily always mean better you know so so let me ask you now so so now you have no adjustments i'm assuming or, or minimal right it's well and, and a funny thing is is you know we we found out that the last front desk wasn't totally doing her job and so we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds no I'm, I'm serious when i say this insurance that we needed to go we needed to go collect yeah you have we're, a we're talking insur- insurance agent. Of, yeah your insurance agent report wasn't getting looked at yeah we have like hundred fifty thousand dollars of of uncollected insurance claims yeah. that we're not going to get collected. But my dad didn't know. I mean, how would he know? Because, you know, he's not pay- really paying attention too much because his bank account's full every month because it's cash, basically a cash practice. Yeah. So he's just forgetting forgetting it all. But like I said, luckily I had that, that the lady that worked for my sister-in-law, well, she came and went through all our stuff and she said, whoa, got a lot of work to do here. And so between her and the girls that work for me now, I mean, they're still cleaning up, but it's fun to see a month, you know, where, you know, we'll make, we'll make numbers easy and say, Hey, we, we, we produced a hundred thousand dollars of dentistry. And then you go over to collected and we collected 120,000. Like it is, it's awesome. I was going to ask you, my next question was, now that now so if you if you look at it and you said okay you're writing off you know whatever it was 30 30,000 a month right yeah now you're not writing that off what's changed about the production line or or we'll call it the collection yeah. line because the production line is false unless you do adjusted production right yeah have you seen yeah have you seen the increase in your basically gross receipts and now you don't have so you have so you're yeah. getting it on both ends right you've increased your your production I, and I your mean, collection 
and you've taken away the the deductible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't even know why we 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 were ever doing what we were doing before. One, you're not leaving the patients in in the dust. They're still going to get their benefits. So I feel really good about that. Mm -hmm. um, I we do a deposit every day. So whatever we do that day, most of the time is what we put in the bank. Right. That day. Right. The only other, you know, the only thing that holds that back is sometimes when you do a, a like a really, really big case, you know, we, we do like a six month, um, financial agreement. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, I like that better than these little side, side financial, um, you know, financing companies. I, right. I, so far, you know, I, I haven't had any patients not pay me. Right. So if I if I if I use a financing company, they're gonna take eight, ten percent off the top. Yeah, depending on how you do it. But yeah, you're right. Unless but you a lot of, you know, 90 days, same as cash. But let, let it, me ask you. And I offer like I'll off I offer my patients uh 10% cash cash dis, cash savings. So if they pay with a with cash or a check. They get ten percent. If they pay with a card, they don't get ten percent. Yeah. Now, back to the other question that I had. Let's say you're. Let's say, and we'll just use some numbers. Let's say your your numbers back before where you were doing about eighty a month, and you had this twenty or thirty write off. Can you can you guess approximately the percent that that eighty now is now that you are fully fee for service? Hundred percent. No, 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 no. In other words, if you went from eighty, now you're now you're at a hundred, right? You went up twenty. Oh. You know, you went up what twenty five percent. Oh, know. gotcha. But, yeah, I I don't really know. No, I I don't know. Okay. I'm I'm still learning, so it's okay. It's all right. It's just fascinating, you know. But you are you are getting the best of both, right? You're getting a, an increase, you're getting a bump in your number. And you're yeah. getting a huge bump in your collections. Yeah, I mean, when when we took over, there was still like our accounts receivable had like one hundred and eighty thousand dollars in it. Right, but you just said you have a huge amount of that's uncollected insurance, which is let's say let's take half of that as yeah. uncollected insurance. So there's a good yeah. chance you're going to get that that half of that. Yeah, we're we're about through it. I think we have like fifty thousand left. Uh huh. So. Okay. Now, now that you went fee for service, looking back, what would you do differently? It's hard to say like what I would do different at this point. Um, I feel like when I, when I made the decision, it wasn't, it wasn't like on a whim total, totally. Um, but it was, it was something I knew that we had to do. And um, I have two or three other dentist friends that are free for service. So I, you know, I called them and I got, of course, they're telling me, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. But I also had them, you know, as mentors and, you know, telling me how to do it and what's the safest way to do it. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people that do it that say, you know, drop, drop everything, but your major insurance. Um, but for me, you know, like I said, we were 75% cash. It just seemed worth it and worth the risk, you know, where I had put, when I took my loan out for the practice, I'd, I'd put a pretty good little cushion in there so I could take the risk. That was, that was part of the plan when I, you know, got the financing. I said, let me put, let me put an extra hundred thousand in there in the bank account. Yep. And it was a calculated risk. So I, I took it. I don't think I would change anything. Honestly, I, I'm not usually one to, oh, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done this. Cause I think life is, is really just about learning and you don't learn without some type of 
mistake or some type of mishap that's that's where we learn we learn from our losses not from our really not from our gains so well, like i said i'm still learning in basketball you learn more from your losses than you do your wins 100 did you hear what Giannis said the other night Giannis yeah. got interviewed they said was this a complete fail and you know he held himself together but he said no it's not a fail at all uh michael jordan played 15 seasons 15 seasons in the nba he won six championships. Were the other nine seasons failures? So, there you go. Yeah, yeah. No, no. He was. He 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 was. And I like the fact that he said, "I, I don't want to make it personal," because he started to, to to try to use the 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 questioner's profession. Yeah. And he just he's brilliant. He's brilliant. I thought it was very good. Well, here. Okay, uh, so yeah, I love that guy. I think he's awesome. Let's talk about just a couple practice specifics. You said you got patients coming from all over. Since you bought the practice, have you seen an increase in new patients? Um, I would say it's still like a similar. Um, Can you I've had to deal again? with a couple. You, 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 I, I said I would say that it's a. Am I there? I would say that it's a similar flow of patients. I mean, it's pretty much a steady flow. I've got a, I've got two chiropractors in town that refer to me like every single day. Um, but I've had some, I've had some refer referral sources like cut off. Um, and I think a lot of that was the relationship they had with the old front desk and still have. And I actually know that because I've, I've had calls from, referring doctors that said hey uh what's going on here so and so told me not to refer anyone else to you like yada 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 and so i've had to deal with that a little bit but that, that's 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 i'm cruel. still that's that's a shame that, yeah that's... I, I mean i the first thing i did was you know called my mother-in-law called my called the people that had my back i said what do we do and he said let's call up Let's call up Ron. Let's call our lawyer. And so I already have a, I already have something written up that, you know, if I, if I hear again, I'm going to, we're going to take legal action. So, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 are you able to have a conversation with the two of them in the same room where you're talking directly? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I haven't spoken to or seen her since we let her go. I see my dad, but where he's, you know, he's so sick and I just feel like for me, I just want to shield him from it all. And can you, can, I don't know. I, I don't know. I hate to say this, but my suggestion is call her up, say, listen, I want to meet you at such and such place where, you know, you can have some privacy and you just lay it on the line. So this, I know you're doing this, understand you're accountable for your actions and your words. So if you're saying those negative things about our practice, you're responsible yeah. for your own actions and your own words. Totally. You you don't know how bad I want to do that. That it's just it's such an awkward thing mm -hmm. when it's family. I mean, I don't consider her family, but my she dad, a, you know. I, I, I know. This is I, where, you know, we've I been know. through we've been through so much. I, I know. We've been it's, through so much together and it's just something that's it's so but yeah i will but if if i hear again then then i'm we're gonna we're gonna have a conversation i'm and, just saying, like if, i said if you say you've got the like my dad you say you got that letter ready to go my suggestion is before you do that have that conversation and and because yeah, quite okay. honestly you deal with people, you can read people, you're going to know from your reaction if she's going to give you the honest answer or she's just going to give you fluff and, you know, a facade. Yeah. And, and then, you, then you you sleep well, you know, I, I, but I, you know, yeah. you, you, your whole family's been through more than I can imagine. So I, I just, when you said that about the, the lawyer thing, I just said, yeah, you got, you got to get, you got to have that conversation with that person once and, look them right in the eye and, and even just eye contact if they're kind of looking away and they, they do, you know, it's all you need to know. Yeah. Because you're not going to ask her. You're not going to say, are you doing this? You know, she's doing it. Right? Yeah. 
It's like with your children. With your children, you walk into a room and you heard a Mm -hmm. crash. You walk in and there's a broken plate and there's your four-year-old standing right next to it. You don't tell your four-year-old. You (laughs) don't ask your four-year-old, did you break the plate? Because your four-year-old is going to say, no. You put them in Mm -hmm. a position to lie. You're going to say, you know, hey, I know you broke the plate. What happened? Okay. Different conversation. And and to me, that's... Uh, that's just I don't know that, that my dad taught me that a long time ago. So anyway, all right. So this has been really interesting. So in moving forward, what are some of the things that you see that you would pass on? What advice would you give someone listening that hey, these are some of the things that I learned in this process of owning the practice and dropping the plan and going fully cash fee for service? What, what are some of the things that you learn that you think other people I- can benefit from? <laughs> Like I've said before, I mean, don't go, don't do this alone. Like, don't do any of it alone. Um, that's that's what I learned from my dad because he was doing it all alone. And and the reason I got into dentistry, one of the main that I could be a dad, that I could you know be a coach, be. A, So one of the main reasons I even went into dentistry was to have fun, have time for my family. So mm-hmm. I, I knew that that was available because my dad was available to us. But as he stepped into other realms of dentistry, he, he didn't allow other people to help him. And so his strep, stress level was high. And it, it just I just think even overall happiness was low because of the amount of stress. And so I'd say, make sure someone's helping you. Okay. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. No, we're just talking about some of the things that you learn, and you said you need someone, you need that support system, you need someone helping you. Now, moving forward, what do you think are some of the things you're going to do? Because you essentially went from a two-doctor practice back to that one-doctor practice. Are you going to look at, oh, do I need to bring another doctor in? What are some of your thoughts going forward? So right now, um, I am looking at purchasing a piece of land. Uh, I'm going to build a, my own standalone practice and with plans to have another doctor at some point. Um, and that's, that's kind of more down the road, you know, four or five years. But in the meantime, I have, you know, ideas of you know setting up a membership mm-hmm. in the office um i think that's i think that's that a, that's, a no brainer. That. that's a no yeah, and i'm not really sure how that works or what what you do but um i know that that's something i want to do if you um, want i i could i could talk to you about what we did it was very simple and and your, yeah, yours would be even easier based on what you already told me about what you do when they people pay cash up front yeah, I would love to hear. I'd love to hear it. Because you, you really want your membership plan to be something that's for new patients. Because if you take your membership plan now and you offer it to your 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 patient base who's already paying your tab, you're going to lose money on that from what you're already doing. Yeah. you know. But if you use it or you attract other people and it and it, it it's a it's a great thing for people with insurance that don't have insurance to understand okay this this allows you to access care or whatever whatever their thought process and it, it is a tremendous thing i think you'll find it to be very helpful but i i wouldn't make it complicated that's my two cents it's super easy yeah, yeah but- just no, a no-brainer something like if you just wrote it down on paper column a charges column b membership and you get your membership fee up front so that it covers the year for them for preventive care, you're good. Yeah. But I, and I think even for me, because, you know, my a lot of my patient base, I, I, when I say a lot, I mean, are really like probably over 60% of them, they're all cash anyways. They don't even have insurance. Yeah. So even, you know, offering them a membership 
seems seems probably like they would like that. Right, but if they're already paying you, now you're going to give them a membership. To me, to well, me, with your time, I, just, with, I, I don't totally know what a membership means. I mean, I I'm thinking, you know, five hundred dollars a year, cover your cleanings, and you still get a discount on certain things. I I don't know what it what it means and what it looks like. Yeah, sometime we'll talk offline. I could I could give yeah. you some 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 at least of my limited knowledge of understanding. We've had a we've had a plan for probably four or five years now. And it's mm -hmm. been a great, it's been a great thing. It's great for yeah. us, great for our community. Uh tremendous for the practice. We have close to eight hundred people that are in it. You know, it's a, but we are a different animal than what you're dealing with. And and you have a yeah. you have a unique practice set and style and location that um yeah we could we could chat about it any other time. Okay, what would be some advice that you would pass along to someone who's listening to this for the first time about becoming fee-for-service and getting out of an insurance part? Yeah, I would just say, you know, it, it needs to make sense. You, on paper, your numbers, they have to be there. You know, obviously, if you're, if you're a low-cash practice, you can't just you can't just flip it because you'll lose big. So I, I would say the numbers have to make sense. If they make sense, then go for it. Okay. It's a little like there's some anxiety in it. I'll tell you that. Like I would almost every day, like ask the front desks, how are we doing? Like, is this working? And they're laughing at me. Like go look in the safe, man. It's working. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good comment from your front desk administrators. Like, yeah, just go look in the safe. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's last like, question. It, it's go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Good. Last question. Nothing to do with dentistry. This is you get to go in a DeLorean and travel back in time to any place, time, location, what have you. Where would you go? And why? Oh man, that's easy. I would, uh, I would, I would, I'd go see my mom again and see my brother again. That uh, that would be, that would be where I would go. It, it would be at the house we grew up in, in the kitchen, all around the table together. That that's where it would be. Uh, that's perfect. That's perfect. I'm, I'm going to end the show right there. There's nothing more to add. That's just wonderful. Trevor, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. I'd love to have you back on in maybe six months and just give us an update on how things are going. Really love sure. to hear from you again. All sure. right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Fee for Service Dentist Podcast. If you would like to share your fee for service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.